If you notice, Leon is passing out Bibles if you need them. If you turn your programs on the back, you will see an empty space where you can write notes down as well. And if you have a Bible, please turn it to uh, Genesis 10. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you need a pen, raise your hand. If you need paper, uh, let us know uh, so we can jump right into a lot of text that we have to go, we're going to go through today. All right, so when we start in Genesis family, um, I mean, you know the context here. Uh, here's, here's the beauty. You know, we, we talked about creation, God creating everything uh, out of abundance. Uh, and we, we keep rehashing this because, man, hopefully, you know, it will be second nature in our hearts as we're studying the rest of the Bible. Uh, we're able to um, understand the, in, the, the sort of the infrastructural stage of, of God's creation and understand that he's created everything out of abundance of love, that he wasn't without. I mean, I just, have you ever processed that? He wasn't, like, sitting around bored. You know, everything that we do, or maybe I do, I know that we all do because the Bible's already told us, is we do it a lot of times out of outage, right? But God is the only one who uh, does things out of abundance, right? That he creates not because he was bored or needed somebody else, like, you know, listened to a sad R&B song and said, I need somebody, let me make humans, right? That's one of the deal. He created out of, like, fully being content within himself and just wanting more people to experience how good he is. I mean, that's just kind of crazy when you think about that. Uh, the beauty of that is that the story begins, and it's all about Jesus. Uh, and that, that basically what we're doing, and every time, every week, you'll notice, uh, we get right back to the point, Jesus. Uh, one time, I think it was about a year ago, I had a guy come up to me at one of the services, and he was like, Eric, I'm just not, um, I'm just not getting a lot out of the sermons these days, you know, and, and um, you know, because I feel like what you're in, and it's, you know, you say, you know, you need faith. You know, and then you end and you say, you know, we need to have build our character. And then you say, you know, you need, and he, he went through these, like, maybe the top four things I say. And I looked at him and I'm thinking in my head, man, that's all I got. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, that's what the, I mean, I'm sorry, that's what the Bible does, right? The Bible is telling us the same thing over and over again. So I'm just, just for anyone who's thinking, like, well, Eric has to, or whoever needs to come up with something new, that's not, that's probably not going to happen here. Like, you're going to probably end, and guess what the point is going to be, is we need to have faith or something kind of super deep like that, right? Um, I propose, it's not an issue like, oh, I got that, I need more stuff, but it's actually getting the simple things. So with that said, uh, we're going to start in Genesis 10. Brief recap, we got... Uh, God creating creation. Uh, then uh, we talked about the whole issue of Asa versus Vara. He creates, um, you know, out of nothing, the ex nihilo, the great uh, theological uh, presupposition of creating from nothing. Like it, he didn't, you know, we, you know, you think maybe there was light and then he made something with light, but no, God in itself created light, time, all those things, right? Uh, and so he creates out of absolutely nothing. Uh, then what he does, he begins to, in his beauty, he begins to prepare uh, he begins to aside, He begins to prepare a place uh, for his prized creation. Uh, I even will say, not even just his prized creation, because you got bulls and you know and frogs jumping around in his prize cre- in his creation as well. He begins to prepare a place, but for us to be able to enjoy all of his creation, uh, which is so awesome. And then he gives us a job description. Right? What's a job description, family? What do we do? Don't you, do you know? Isn't that always horrible when you ask me? Ask you that? You're like, I don't want to get it wrong. You don't want to be that guy. It's okay. Subdue the earth. Who said that? Awesome. Anything else? Rule and subdue, right? So right in the text, he tells us to rule and subdue. 
So he wants us to, to sort of procreate and have like all these image bearers bearing his image, right? So we talked about the issue of the Imago Dei, that we, that we bear God's image, and then he wants us to create others who bear, who bear his image. The implication there is that it's not just about having kids, but it's about having kids that love God, right? So it's about people reminding God of himself. And then so he says, you know, I want, here's what I want you to do uh, with this place and in this place, right? So what I want you to do in this place is I want you to make it where it's like all these bit different image bearers, and I can look around like a great artist in, a, in his huge um, painting room and go, look at all my beautiful paintings. Look how cool I am. Look what I've done. That's what God wants to be able to do when he goes around the world. He wants to be able to look and see all that he's done and how good he is as he's watching his little image bearers bearing his image well toward each other and toward the Lord. And then we got what does he want to do? What do you want to do with this place? Right. He wants us to be a steward. Right. So we talked we talked about that, that he's called us to be a steward over all of creation, that God wants you and me. Part of our job description as his created beings is to treat the world like God would treat it. Right. So every aspect of creation, he's saying that you and me, we're supposed to go, how would God do this? And then what that does is that lets people see how God would act, and then they'll learn who God is, and then they'll actually want to come to the Lord. And that's why Jesus gets kind of upset with Philip when he says, show us the Father. Jesus is like, what do you mean, show you the Father, right? That's what he says in the Scripture. How can you say, show me the Father? Don't you see what I'm doing? I do what God does. I say what God says. You get to see the Father when you see me. But see, that isn't something that Jesus is saying, this is me and I get to do this and you can't do that. He's telling you what you and I are called to do as well. That we should be able to say to somebody when they say, show me the Father, we should be able to say, what do you mean show you the Father? I'm doing what God says. I'm saying what God says. You see the Father when you see me. People should see Jesus when they see you. That's, just, that's not just some, you know, cool evangelical term. That's your mandate. That's the job description that God has given you, right? That's the job description that he's given me. So he does that. We fall into sin. We have the audacity not to only think we're, we, you know, to think we're our, our own guys, but that we can rule better than the Lord, fall into sin, right? And the whole world is tainted and, and, and marred because of sin. And now we are evil, all the time. And then you say, well, not really. Well, then that's the rest of what we've seen in the next couple of weeks, right? <laughs> yeah, we're really, really messed up. Genesis 4, you got Cain killing Abel, right? So we got, wow, you know, right off the jump, sin jumps into play, and we got somebody murdering a cat, right? Just like, boom, you know, just like that quick. Then we go on, and we go to Genesis 5, and we have, we just see all these people who go through the mundane life. They live, they have kids, and they die sinners, you have one guy who cheats death. The way he cheats death is how? Walks with Jesus. Amen. Walks with the Lord. That's right, Dante. So he walks with the Lord. Uh, then we see in Genesis 6, we have another remnant. We have, when we say remnant, what do we mean by that? Remnant is basically when you have a whole pool of something, you have something that is distinct, that sticks out. Right. That's that's separate. That's your remnant. Right. That's so God says, hey, I got all these people. What I continue to show you is a small group within this big group who actually are my people. OK, that's what he So This is a theme he's trying to show us in the scriptures. When we get to Genesis six, we see again, man, uh, we've just passed sixteen hundred years, fifteen hundred, sixty or so years of a bunch of sinners. We get to Genesis six is the same deal. And what does God say? Men do evil all the time. Their only inclinations is to sin all the time. What is God trying to make a point? I know you guys go, man, man, come here every week, and he's just talking about sin. It's not my, I'm sorry, y'all. I remember Lori said once, why are they getting mad that he's telling them what Jesus said? See, I didn't, make, I didn't write this. That's what, that's what Genesis 4 and 5 and 6 are about. 
Okay? It's about us having to come to grips with this reality that we're really messed up. Guy gets so sad, he says, look how crazy everybody is. I guess I'll kill all of humanity. So he kills all of humanity, but he's gracious and leaves what? A remnant. Uh, Why? Because of his grace. A very evil guy, just like the rest of us, but he saves him for a purpose. Uh, to say that he's faithful, I would propose. And then he does, he begins what we would call, as it were, a new humanity. Right, family? So, he, so you know, you have the boat. We, have, uh, we, we talked about the disaster of the flood. Uh, and then you have uh, Noah getting off the boat with his family. And then what does he get, guys? He gets the remandate. Right? He gets remandated to, hey, here, here again, you guys are marred, you messed up, but here's how gracious I am. I'm going to ask you again to procreate the, work, the earth and make image bearers, and also I'm going to ask you to, here's what you do with this place, I want you to be a steward, okay? I know you guys are giving because you're thinking about, like it was eight of them, and he had to remake humankind, and you're thinking, man, that must have been a crazy job, but that's what he had to do. And that's what it says, right? Um, so we talked through that. We talked through the covenant. So now we get to uh, Noah, you know, doing this. We see a guy um, who I think has been termed since last week. We have a Noah moment uh, where Noah has a bad week. And then uh, we see, his, we see uh, in the different lines, we see that, man, there's something about patriarchy. We see there's something about having lines. And so we have, uh, we have these two sons that are loving God, and we have this one son that, who's a crepit and evil. And then we talked about this reality of, hey, it matters. It matters what you do. The environment that you make for people and your family matters. Um, well, we enter into chapter 10, and we're dealing with a very crazy chapter. I'm going to go read now. Forgive me as I butcher some of these words here. And we're going to read through real quick, and I'll make a few points. Uh, hope, hopefully we'll be encouraged in the Lord. We're in chapter 10 now. You ready, family? This is called uh, famously the table of the nations now. Uh, and this is pause here real quick. Something's happening very interesting in chapter 10 and chapter 11 because here it's telling us uh, about all these different nations. But you're going with the Tower of Babel is in chapter 11. So what's going on? We'll talk about that in a moment. This is, verse 1, this is the account of Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. These are Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the flood. Uh, you have the Jephthites, uh, the sons of Jephthah, right? Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javon, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Rephath, and Togomar. Togomar. The sons of Javon, you have Elishash, Tarshish, the Kittim, and the Rodanim. Sounds like a mafia group, the Kittim and the Rodanim. Uh, you have... That'd be cool to be like the, the, the Eric, you know what I'm saying? Versus, well, sorry. Um, from these, the maritime people spread out into their territories uh, by their clans within their nations, each with its own language. Okay, so a couple things. You got uh, these groups being formed. You got this one son who's kind of, who's godly. And you got, uh, it says this issue of they're spread out um, in, with nations, um, each in their own language. So a couple things, you have this issue of language. And I love how it seems like the distinction of people groups um, is not just in the sense of ethnicity, but it seems like what really distinct, uh, makes people distinct um, as you look up scripture is the language piece. Uh, we talk about that in one moment when we get to chapter 11. Uh, but also notice this whole Mary time. Uh, it talks about 
that, that they're from, the, uh, from these, the maritime people spread out into their territories. I just want to, um, not to miss a principle that we'll see as you're reading Scripture. And again, what we're trying to learn how to do here is not just study the Bible, but learn how to study the Bible. And this is a key word. You probably will go maritime. So you probably get it maybe a little bit if you're from Canada. But if you're not, look at Kelsey like, yeah, yeah, But if you're not, who's maritime? Well, well. Maritime, right, those are the people who basically make their living and their livelihood from the sea, okay? So, what, so maybe the principle you'll see, and you'll see this over and over again, we see in Scripture as well, and we talk about a group or a clans and how that whole clan are all the people who do all the architecture work. And so, again, we see this theme that we can't get away from, although God is sovereign, meaning that he can do anything, and God is gracious. He allows us to step out of our, our different uh, zones and our different ways of life, that, that basically, like, what you grow up in is what you do a lot of times. I think that's a very fair principle. That, that basically, that, uh, it seems that like he's saying, like, all the whole fishing province and all that stuff basically came from these, this group here. So just something to point out uh, that, that, we, that we don't over-spiritualize just practical aspects of humanity. Because I think it, it matters as we are trying to be wise believers. Uh, now we're with um, verse 6. You have the sons of Ham. Now Ham was uh, what is proposed, the evil son. He's the guy who was kind of perverted in the last chapter. Uh, it says you have Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. We're already starting with some crazy cities uh, that are being brought up. The sons of Cush, you have Seba, Havilah, Septa, Rehamah. You have Septica. You have the sons of Rehamah, Sheba, and Dedan. In verse 8, you have Cush was the father of Nimrod. Um, don't name your son Nimrod. Uh, who grew to be mighty warrior on the earth. I think there's a school named Nimrod around here, isn't it? I'm sorry? Oh, well, hey, I'm not tripping. I hope you ain't from Nimrod. I'm just saying. Um, but check this out. Uh, verse 9, he was a mighty, uh, so he's a mighty warrior in verse 8 on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Uh, that is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. Uh, so obviously there's some extra biblical writings where this is said. Uh, the, the first sinners of his kingdom were Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and uh, Kelena um, in Shinar. So just to pause here, uh, notice the different lands that are popping up. First of all, Nimrod's a bad dude, right? So they probably didn't make fun of him back then because he beat you up. But... But basically, you see, so this guy, this is where you get the hunters, you get the guys who, are, um, who can, like, really, you know, wrestle animals. So you got this group, like, this is the tough group, right? Uh, now, what's, what's very interesting, notice, are you noticing the, some, of the, some of the cities you're getting out of here? All right, so out of Ham's crew, what are some crazy cities? Babylon, Assyria. Well, you got Nineveh. It says it's actually, I think he's born in Assyria. Um, that went to Assyria. Yeah, yeah. So you, well, you got, well, you got all these crazy lands. Now, uh, let me continue on. It says, uh, from that land, he went to Assyria where he built Nineveh. He built Nineveh, uh, Rehoboth, Ir, uh, Kalah, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh and Kalah. Uh, that is the great city. So notice this. So you have out of a person is coming nations. Now, I don't want you to miss that. So out of these people, are, are, we're, get, we're getting nations and cities. These people are building are building metropolises. They're building, they're building cities. They're building places where uh, all these people will be um, living. Verse 13, Mizraim was the father of the Ludites, Anamites, Lehabites, Neptuhites, uh, Parathusites, the Kashluhites, from whom the Philistines came, and the Kaptarites. So you got the, you got the crazy Philistines. You got another group from Ham. Okay? 
Uh, you got Canaan was the father of of Asidah, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, Arvidites, the Semurites, the Hamathites, and my good friend always says, the Mosquito Bites. So, <laughs> so, you, have, so you have all these individuals, right? Um, and, it, and, it, and then it says, uh, later, uh, the Canaanite clan scattered, uh, and the borders of Canaan reach uh, from Sidon toward Gerar, uh, as far as Gaza, and then toward Sodom and Gomorrah and Admah and Zeboim, um, as far as Lashes, Lisha, sorry. Uh, verse 20, these are the sons of Ham by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. All right, we got the Semites. Um, sons were also born to Shem, right? whose older brother was Jepheth. Shem uh, was the ancestor of all the sons of Eber. The sons of Shem, uh, Elam, Asher, Aphraxad, Lod, and Aram. The sons of Aram, or Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, Meshach. <laughs> Sound like I'm throwing up, huh? Meshach. Uh, verse 24, Aphraxad uh, was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of of Eber. Two sons were born of, uh, to Eber. Uh, one was named Peleg because in his time the earth was divided. Uh, his brother was named Joktan. And there's a lot of uh, idiosyncrasies and nuances that you can get if you want to further study on what's going on with these different peoples. I really want to stay on the big pieces uh, as we go through the text. And so I'm going to uh, do that toward the end uh, just to make sure we're not in super rabbit trails. But here's something I also wanted to do. You're going, why are we reading through this? Because we need to practice reading through the scriptures together. And it's good for us to make sure that we're learning how to make sure we read through uh, different lineages. Okay, family? Uh, Joktan was the father of, of, of Amadad, uh, Seleph, Hazamavath, Jerah. We got Hadaram, Uzal, and Dikla. Don't name your son Dikla. Uh, Obal, Abimiel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were sons of Joktan. So you got the, the region in verse 30 where they live stretch from Misha towards Sephir um, in the eastern hill country. And these are the sons of Shem by their clans and the languages in their territories and nations. Again, a sense of these people uh, are building nations. Uh, verse 32, uh, these are the clans of Noah's sons according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. Okay, so how many people got off the boat? That's my people. Eight people got off the boat, all right? All right, so be gracious, like, y'all. Eight people got off the boat. Okay, so, so if eight people got off the boat, look what, like, look what, look what we're seeing right now. Uh, the scriptures are saying we have a bunch of nations, right? Okay, a couple things I want us to learn here. Can we go to the... <laughs> what should we... <laughs> All right, let me grab this just in case my brother chilling over there. All right, what should what should we learn? <laughs> these, these are these we got, now. I want you to notice this because when you read this, you kind of like we can kind of sort of re, like sort of remove ourselves from this. But I want you to notice something. It's really just some plain stuff. So you got regular people here, right? Um, but natures and cultures come from faithful and unfaithful people. 
Now, I don't want you to miss that because I want us to understand that, that we are look, we're sitting around here and we can now, although we are insignificant in the realm of God, understand that the Lord is trying to show you something really plain here that basically your life will actually build and develop nations. You will have many people come from you. Do you isn't that sobering thought? You ever thought about that? That you're going to have people who are going to have people who are going to have people. And if you notice, when you look at this genealogy, we go, there's absolutely nothing there, but there is something huge there. Is that you have some genealogy where they're adding mad value, and you have some where they're totally evil. And they wreak havoc upon the people of God for all of the people of God's history. Thousands of years. We are part of a legacy. And that's, what, and that's one of the th- reasons why we even do discipleship. We, even when you're discipling people, we just had a meeting this morning, is that I want us to understand with humility, do you understand you are affecting people, and they're going to kind of be like you a little bit. And when you have kids, they're going to be like you. They're going to act like you. Right? Some of you guys are nervous about that. I'm nervous. My one boy, Joel, I mean, unbelievable. Like, just to see how intense he is, and I'm like, man. And I'm like, he's just like me. And it scares me to death. I'm like, we're going to have to raise the insurance on this kid. And I mean, always trying to invent ways of killing himself. And I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, it is unbelievable when you see your kids actually acting like you. It is a really humbling sight. Because then it makes you go, so what kind of godly character am I displaying to this guy? Like, what, is, what is he learning? If he's acting like me, what is he learning? So, so now, the reason why it seems like this is really important, I mean, you think about it, uh, the, the, you got the Israelites are, I mean, they're probably in, uh, trying to, okay, just out of argument. We know this is to the people of Israel, um, pro- probably after they've been delivered from Egypt, okay? Okay, so they are either wandering through the wilderness or um, they could be in, you know, who, it's the people of Israel. I don't want to get into the nuances of exactly where they are, but we know they're getting this and they're passing this down. And God is trying to help them understand something that you're that look at your lineage here and you see there's different lineages. And I don't think the point was to go. I'm so glad I'm part of this. These people groups. I guarantee you they're looking at it and they're realizing this reality that now different than what we're taught in our in our society, we're taught individuality is everything. And we're taught like it doesn't really matter what you do. You know, it just concerns me. It's about me. And we even, we even fool ourselves in thinking that, right? We, um, I just love how we have these different groups. And you know what's funny to me? I love when you get the person who wants to be so individual, you know, and, and what we do is we dress different on purpose, and we get all nasty, and you let your hair get all nasty and foul, and you get all, you know, we, I look how different I am. But then there's like a million of y'all. <laughs> you ain't, it's a big group of y'all now, the dirty, nasty people. I'm just, see, now I'm getting in trouble. My point, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like we all take cues from society and we try to say, no, I'm just so separate. But I want you to understand something. We are all from people. And they have affected us deeply. And we are going to have people. And we are going to affect them deeply. And so the question you need to ask yourself is, is it really about you? No. This is bigger than us. 
This is about, and I propose, Genesis is about the generations. That God is saying, out of you are going to come generations. Do you get that college students here? There are generations here. The ante is higher. The stakes are high. God is saying, what are you doing with your life where you will affect generations who will love me? Which line will you be a part of, family, is the question. It's a myth, a total myth, when you think there's a sense of individuality. No. You will either taint the society or you will bless it. We are affected, and people who come after you are affected. Right? People become like you. They become like me. And I'm I'm convinced that's why he talks. He has a little excerpt in there about the Maritime people and a little excerpt in there about, okay, and and this Nimrod was this kind of guy, and all their people are like that. What will they say about your clan? What will they say about your clan? What about your people? What will they say about our community? How will you and I affect the people that we have and that we are influencing? Think about it, family. Can we continue on with the text? As we continue, we notice something here. So now we've heard, we see all these nations pop up with all these different languages, correct? But then we have the situation in, in, in Genesis 11 where it says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech as men moved eastward. So what's happening here is there's like a rewind, right? It's like a, you know, a bad episode of Heroes or something, right, where you have... Right, where you, you start at the beginning and you're saying, okay, here's where we are. Now I'm actually showing you how we got to chapter, 11, chapter 10. So chapter 11 is actually showing us, giving us an uh, understanding of how we got where we are in chapter 10. That makes sense, family? So basically saying, so here's, here's how we got the nations and things of that sort. The whole world was one language and a common speech as men move eastward. Uh, people think sometimes that, well, theologians would say that the common speech, common language piece is, is, is talking holistic. It's not just talking uh, vernacular or words being shared, but that this, it was like, you know how sometimes, you know, you talk with your boy in the hood and someone says something that you, that you enjoy, you go, brother, speak my language. You know, you say that kind of thing. You know, that's my dog speaking my language. You know, y'all kind of street. Don't act like you ain't street. So, so, so it's more like the sense of like, you know, like not only just in a sense of, of vernacular, but also in a sense of like mindset, worldview, like systemic thought. So like everyone was on the same plane kind of deal, working this thing out. Um, I don't know necessarily where I land on that. I mean, you can, I just want to provide you that that's what some of the insight is with, the, with theology. But um, what we know for sure is they had the same language. Um, I think based on what they did, though, it seems that they had some common sense of like, hey, we want to be on this common we have this common goal that we want to be about. So I don't think it's too far-fetched to throw that out there. So you have this one language and common speech in verse 1, and then it says, as men move eastward. Now, notice a little theme. I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out a little more. But when you're moving east a lot of times in the scriptures, it's not the best thing. Because um, uh, you know, when you think of the Garden of Eden, when they get kicked out, where do they go? Kick them out to the east, right? And then, and then, you, uh, and then when, you know, Cain gets removed, where does, he, where does he wander? To the east. 
Um, there's even songs about this, and, and people make little things about it. So, so it seems like uh, this, I, I'm just proposing that when he says, and as men moved eastward, um, that he's proposing in a sense, as men moved farther away from God, dot, dot, dot. So as men moved eastward, they found some big, a big chunk of land. Uh, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there, right? So they found a place and said, oh, man, look at this. We've got a nice place here. We're going to sort of just kick it. This is where we're going to do our thing. Okay, so again, chapter 10 hasn't happened yet. This is how chapter 10 happened, okay? So they found, they found a place, and it says, uh, they said to each other, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. We're on the same page? Yep. Come... Come, come, let us uh, make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Uh, they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Verse 4, they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Now, um, now look at the ingenuity. I mean, we've got some engineers and stuff up in here. I just, this just blows me away. So, I mean, they, they, they decide and learn how to just make buildings. It's out of stuff they just had around them. And it kind of, I mean, maybe, maybe that, that's not how my brain works. Necessarily, I probably would have been that guy trying to collect the money from everybody, but um, but I'm not that guy who actually could like do all that kind of stuff. So I just I just think this is amazing the ingenuity of people, and I want you to I want you to tune into something. Uh, notice what God is trying to show us is that He's showing us that He's created us uh, to be great, to be uh, to be a powerful people, to be a people who who create like Him, to be an ingenu- to have ingenuity, to be people who who can who can make. And like, and just uh, exceed above and beyond expectations. Why? Because we're created in God's image. I think one of our image-bearing capacities is that we're able to not just create like God um, and like have babies, but we're able to create and make things beautiful. We're able to. We, that's why we have art and we have culture, right? Because we just have we have a sense of like, you know, I got, we have a chef in here. That's why he can make awesome food because God has given us some of that imago de juice. Hey, I've I've created you to be a creator, right? So so I, I so I even see so you see some of this ingenuity here. It's cool because God is saying, in essence, you have this stuff because I've created you to have this stuff. But the sad thing is, you have sin now, and so you use it for evil reasons. What's bad here? So is it, is it bad to want to build a city? You know, we, t- we call it the Tower of Babel, but, but is, it, is, it, is it just about the tower? Is that, is that why God is mad? I'm mad at you. You made a really big tower. I'm kind of mad, right? Is that, is that the issue? I don't think it should be because they created cities, man. So, you know, I, I'm sure, like, there was other towers. Uh, I'm sure also there was a lot of stuff they built. It seems to me the issue wasn't what they built, it was why they built it. Let's look, at the, let's look at the issues of why. Thank you so much. So we see it's not an issue of what they built. Look what it says in the text there. What's the two sins, family? Make a name for themselves. And what's the other one? Who said that? Care? And not to share it? I want to go another place. I want to take that a little further. Not just not to share. Okay, let's deal with, let's deal with the first one. Can you pop the first one up? My sister just said, so, so we have self-exaltation, right? Make a name for themselves. Okay, so this is the issue. God isn't really concerned that they wanted to build something. 
He's concerned that, that it's, about, it's about wanting to make their name great. I mean, look at look how look, this is right there. Let us, let us build ourselves a city with the tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. You see that? So they can make their name great. And then why, and then why is that bad? Because what is our goal? What is our role? What does that mean? We use that nice word, glorify. What do we, what, how do we unpack glorifying this body? What is that? To give him honor and attention, right? To make God's name great, right? Your role, if you're saying you love Jesus, you get up every morning and your role is supposed to be not to make your name great. I'm not supposed to try to make my name great, but my whole desire is supposed to, is supposed to be, okay, Eric, good morning, Lord. How do I make your name great? Do we get up every morning, family, would it be awesome, filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we got up every morning and said, Lord, how do I make your name great today? How do I tell the world who you are? How do I model who you are by what I do, by my actions? How do I model who you are by me taking risks and praying for coworkers? Getting away from my schedule so I can hear people's hearts. How do I make your name great, Jesus, not my own? And man, aren't we just, don't we have the deck, our, our deck is stacked, right? Because we're just a bunch of crazy sinners and we live in America where the whole focus in America is how do you make your name great? Everything we do is about our, our name, right? Um, can we go to the, I'm just going to show you guys, and excuse the language here, I'm going to show the rap songs. Um, I, I talked about, boy, I just, I, and I excuse some of the language here, but I just want us to see what we are listening to in society, okay? This is, now these things are, now, now look at these terms, look at, these, look at this. This is an example of some rap songs that have been out or are out, I don't even know. Um, this one is from Kanye West. It says, just um, another one champion sound, me and Estelle about to get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Obviously he thinks he is. Just touched down in London town. Um, bet they give me a pound, right? Tell them, put the money in my hand right now. Tell the promoter we need more seats. We just sold out all the floor seats. Uh, then you got to take me on a trip. I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York. I love the CLA. I really want to come kick it with you. You'll be my American boy. The sense of like, look how cool I am, right? There's all these words now, stutting and all this stuff we use. Look how awesome I am. I got all the money. I got all the power. Everybody cares about me. Wow, look at me, look at me, right? You know, I mean... This is this permeates our society. Uh, look at look, this is a new one, uh, some, a song called Black and Yellow. Don't act like you ain't heard it. They like everybody. You got the Bibles. What, what is Black and Yellow? What are you talking about, Eric? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh really? Oh really? Black and Yellow. So three million copies. Ain't nobody got one, huh? Okay. Um, man, y'all better quit tripping. So you got this dude. Right? Uh, black stripe, yellow paint, the niggas scared of it, but those ain't, right? Soon as I hit the club, look at them hoes face, put the pedal once, make the floor shake, right? Swayed inside, engine roaring, talking about his car. Look how cool my car is, even though it's going to rust out. It's the big boy. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's the big boy, you know, what I pay for. He probably 5'6". And I got the pedal to the metal. Got your niggas checking game. I'm balling out on every level. Hear them haters talk, but there's nothing you can tell them. Just made a million, got another million, a man on my schedule, right? Uh, no love for them, niggas breaking hearts, no keys, I push start in my car, right? Now, guys, the reason why I wanted to show us this, think about it. I, I mean, we should, you know, it, it is funny, right? But we should also be really sad. We should be really sad because guess what? 
that is totally not accepted, but celebrated in our society. It's, it's in Romans 1. He says, it's not that you just do these things, but you approve of those who practice them, is what the scriptures say in Romans chapter 1. It's like God is like, I'm tripping because it's not that y'all just do it, but you're like, this is like actually good stuff. Right? Self-exaltation. Look at my car. And then we got our youth. And, you know, if it's quiet, it's kept. We got us believing this stuff. And we might not be using the N-word. And we might not be trying to get everything they have. Or we might not have what they have. But we have the same storyline. Some of us are workaholics because we want to sing these songs. You already got stuff. Some of you guys have mad disposable income, and you're still workaholics. I had a friend of mine. He, um, he probably has $25, 30000000 million maybe. Um, we're sitting talking, and he's like, man, you know, my, my wife, you know, I'm just, my, my kids came to me. My son's doing bad right now. I said, Dad, I wish you'd be home sometime. Dude fly, flies to France, all these places all the time. The Holy Spirit has put on my heart, you need to tell this dude to quit his job. And, um, and so we, we're sitting down. He's a, he's a, he loves MacAv, and, and we're just talking. And I'm just like, so let me ask you a question. You know, his wife said to him, you know, so how much money is enough? That's what his boo said. We sitting on $30 million, and you're still flying around like you, like you working paycheck to paycheck. I got an Escalade. You got a Benz. We're going on ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 cruises, and you're still a workaholic. How much is enough, sweetie? And he sits down, and I'm like, man, let me ask you a question. It's like, so, do, like, is there, is there a financial issue here? Like, do you have to, like, if you was to not work anymore, would it, be, would it matter? He said, no. Nah. He said, man, you got your kid basically saying, I need you home, daddy. You got your wife begging you to be home. What are you doing? I just want to praise the Lord. Do you know that dude quit his job like two weeks ago? And he got a job right in, uh, right in, like a mile from his house. Um, I mean, the travel time, I think he's, he says 80% less. I mean, he's, he's around now. He's actually scared he's going to, you know, his wife's going to get tired of him and stuff. And <laughs> I'm like, that's a good problem to have, man, you know. Um, guy, self-exaltation. How much is enough, you know? This, this text here is saying that, guys, every aspect of our life is to bring fame to Jesus, to Jesus. So look at your life. Think about this for me. Wrestle with this. What in your life are you saying, I want to make my, great, my name great? Where in your life are you saying, I want to make my name great? Is it being a doctor? Right? It's a worship guy, Christian ministry, an engineer. We have professionals here. Make your name great, really good electrician, entrepreneur, a lawyer, a pastor, a doctor, a godly good dad. Where do you want to make your name great? Go around the room. Engineer, chef, nurse, 
Where do you want to make your name great? The clothes you wear? What is it, family? Your beauty? Why are we here? Why are we in this game? Come on, y'all. Let's ask ourselves, why are we in this game? Why are we here? Nice GM? Basketball coach? Guys, there's so many things where every day we could be trying to make our name great. And guys, that's why I'm telling you, selfishly is why I love the, the format of like us when we disciple. Because I love that the, the nuts and bolts of it is it forces you not to make your name great. Am I right? No one knows what you're doing. No one knows you're pouring into people. You know, everyone's, everyone wants to find a Christian niche. And you come here and we say, we ain't really concerned about your niche. But we do know God wants you to make disciples. I spent much, too much time on this. I'm sorry. But, I, but it seems on my heart, this is a huge one in my own journey. Where in our, where in our community do we want to make a name for ourselves? Where do you want to do that? Please think about that and write that down. Pray about that. And guys, I want to ask you, if you're just now getting to know Jesus, and no matter if you've known Jesus for many years, guys, God wants us to admit these things and then repent. And then let other people know so they can hold you accountable. Are you feeling me? This is what the scriptures are. Really? You want to make your name great? Let's continue on. Oh, man. Um, can we continue on? The other sin, they don't want to scatter. You see that? That's what scriptures say there. So they want to exalt themselves, right? And then they don't want to be about the next stage of the W-2 form. What are we called to do? Go. Right? Procreate. Get, get the image-bearing capacity out there. They want to keep, no, 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 no. We ain't about that. What we want, can we be honest? We want heaven on earth. Then I want to scatter and be about your business. I want to be about having my little crew. And building my little thing, and having my dough, and having my family, and doing my stuff. Having, having people around me that think like me, right? Don't you want that? You just want, you just want to be around healthy people. Even though you're unhealthy, you think you're healthy, though. I'm the first one. I'm the first one who can admit in this room, I'm going, man, I just want to be around all healthy people, as if I'm, as if I'm healthy. I am a nutball. And y'all like, mm-hmm, I know, don't give me some grace now. I'm up here, I'm trying to be vulnerable. So, right, so there's a sense of like that, that God is saying, no, I've asked you to scatter. See, now this is, Matt Groups, I love them. See, this is why y'all, y'all want to throw an apple at me, but I love Matt Groups because I love that you got all these different people that probably on paper, I had a guy even tell me last week, man, if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be doing this mad group thing. I don't even get, like, naturally, I wouldn't probably connect with two or three of the people in the group if it wasn't for the gospel. But now, I've been with them for a while, and I actually love these people. And I'm learning how to be cross-cultural and learn how to love people who think different than me, who aren't the same age as me, who have a different skin color than me, who have a different socioeconomic background than me. Oh, 
So God is blessing you because it's not about you. I'm telling you guys, I think it's, I think it's this God's gracious hand that you go into Matt group like, I don't understand these crazy people. It's a good thing. Builds character. Because God wants to use that so as we scatter, that's also I love about Matt groups, that eventually you start your own. As we're in our community, we're scattering. It continues to remind us, the flow of what we do here, that it's not about you. It's about his fame. That's why we don't let you stay in Matt group five, six years. You need to start another one. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Right, right? Like, like, what, like what, what is your tendency to not scatter? What does it look like for you not to scatter? Right? What does that look like? Because you know, guys, we're, we're, a church, we're a missional church, right? You know we're going to be, we want a church plant. You know in a year or two we're going to be asking a lot of you guys to go move somewhere else for God's glory. When we see this community begin changed and we're doing our thing, we want to expand. Because it's not about us. You know we want to serve overseas, right? You know we're going to be sacrificially given overseas, right? Right? What areas in our journey, as we are coming together as the people of God, are we saying, I don't want to scatter? Hmm? Like it says here, um, get too far ahead ahead of myself. So, and we see this a lot. So when I, you know, I, I, we have people in here I, I deeply love. A lot of times, the main, see, what are the issues? What are the main reasons? I say one of the main reasons is because we, it's, it's not a bad thing to want utopia. It's not a bad thing to want safety for you, for your family. It's not a bad thing to want to be around people who are going to add value to you. Um, that's not bad in itself. Well, let me say it another way. It's not bad to want God's kingdom to come. That's really what you're saying. That's what Ecclesiastes says, right? God created eternal in the hearts of man. That's not bad in itself, right? But it's demonic to want God's kingdom without the king. See, we want all that stuff without Jesus. And God is saying, okay, admit that and repent and learn and believe the gospel. Enjoy your Savior. Learn how to enjoy your Savior. Because, guys, I'm telling you, that's what all you get these self help groups and all the things we do. And we come together even here. We do our, you know, oh, we got a little community here. We got a little farm here and all this stuff. All, we can do whatever we want to do. They tried it in 1 Samuel. They're trying it here. It's not going to work. God has to bring that. We can't do it. Continues on. So we even said, so the great sin of all this is pride, right? You know what 1 Peter 5, 6 says? You can write that down your address. Uh, the great principle is that, okay, although we want to be prideful, what God does is he says, hey, what I do is I humble the proud, and what I do is I exalt those who are humble, right? That's what I do. Is that those, he says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and in due time he will lift you up is what the scriptures say. Is that as we humble ourselves and we're about Jesus' stuff, he will lift us up, family. So the dream is possible through Christ. Let's continue on with the scriptures. It says, but the Lord came down, uh, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that, men were, uh, that the men were building. 
Uh, and the Lord said, if one people uh, speak in the same language, they have uh, begun to do this, that nothing uh, they plan to do will be impossible for them. So notice God's sarcasm there. You notice the sarcasm? You see the sarcasm there? So notice, I mean, I love, I love how God is just, he's awesome like that, right? So we, these, we build this huge tower, right? And God is like, he says, I had to come down to see it. See that sarcasm. What God is saying is like, you built this huge tower, and he, he said, you know, he's like, say there's a tower right here. And he's like, I'm like, huh, where, where is that t- Oh, there's a little bitty tower. Look at the tower. Oh, look at the, oh, look at the little tower. Oh, oh, it's a, you see, look at it. Oh, right. That's, that's the point there. His point is that, you know, like, we don't impress God. You, you know, this huge tower, we're going to be to the heavens, and we're going to, look at us, look how big my tower is. And God is like, oh, really? Oh, where's the little, oh, little bitty tower. Right? So, but, but think about our journey, right? Think about our journey. Is that the Lord is, the Lord is not impressed with the stuff we do. It's a huge principle for us, family, is that to, I'm telling you to get to, one of the ways we got to Detroit, God had to do something in my heart toward that means. I had to learn that God wasn't impressed with me because I think what was happening in seminaries, I started thinking God was actually impressed with me. And so as I was going through and, and going through the modes, you know, and, and then, you know, and I was getting these accolades and people were kind of liking me. And I was in these different groups that were part of the power brokers and seminary, which is scary to think about. And then I'm like, and then the Lord's like, uh, you're kind of arrogant. You need to go to Africa and just realize that the world can, can actually go around without you. And so I think one of the main reasons with Africa was not even just to break my heart for the poor, but was just for me to get away from things and come back and be humble to go, wow, Oprah's still on and people still going shopping and wow, people still making money and loving Jesus and wow, all oh, without me. Wow. The world still is going round and round without Eric. Isn't that amazing? And, it, and the Lord used that because then from that character development in my heart, God was like, now, since you realize that you are significant but also so insignificant, are you willing to be a nobody and serve me? And that's how we actually got to Detroit. One of the main reasons we came here, because God had to work in my heart, and you know what? I think he's doing that in some of your hearts. Are you willing to be a nobody and serve this community? where no one knows nothing about good old Mac Ave, but you know you're being faithful, you're pouring your life into one or two people, is, is that enough? Or do you have to stick your flag in the world? Look at me, look at my flag waving, look at the tower I've built, right? Think about that. Think about that, family. He's not impressed with us. The biggest thing you've ever done is absolutely ridiculous in God's sight, right? You, oh, look at me. We invented the car. Oh, look at the car. Oh, and it, he's like, I invented Pluto. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. The light bulb. Really? I made light. You know what I'm saying? The best thing we've done is hilarious. And God, to God, he created everything. Perspective. God's view versus man's view is what we're talking about here. Is, is I'm convinced without this, it's hard to serve in this community. Um, can we continue? 
Do we work to have a high view of God or a high view of man? We have a sheet in our discipleship booklet which talks about the exalted view of Christ. Um, I just want to encourage us. Uh, guys, this is huge. If you learn anything this year, if you can just exalt your view of God, just make your God's view, the view of how you view Jesus, this big, it would be a huge blessing. As you're just walking with the Lord, if you just come to Jesus, guys, this is what, like, exalt your view of the Lord. Because Satan's going to try to fool you in thinking that he's on the throne versus Jesus. And what, it, what you have to do, you have to renew your mind. You have to fight. And you have to say, Lord, I need to have a view of you that's bigger, that's grandiose. So that when those lies come, I go, I don't have all the answers, but my God is big. I don't know all this, but I love Jesus. A life of faith when you trust your Savior and you don't focus on your sin or your circumstances is biblical, mature Christianity. So the Lord scattered from them from uh, over all the earth and they stopped building the city. So he scattered them by changing their languages. He knew that how created them like really good people. They can do this. Notice that he's not shortchanging us in that way. They'll build some crazy stuff because they made in my image. I know how they roll. Right. So let me do something to make sure they don't do. You know, this is almost protection. This is God protection, protecting evil people. We talked laws last week. We're talking God's sovereignty this week. He changes our languages so we wouldn't destroy ourselves so quick. Says, um, they stopped building the city. Said, man, I don't know. Can you imagine? You go. Home. I don't know if it was just the people they were working with, or actually changed like spouses, languages too. You imagine going home and your wife speaks, you know, Chinese or something. That would have been funny, right? I'm just thinking about that. I was like, man, that would be crazy. You know, I go home and, you know, my wife's speaking like, you know, Luganda. You know, like, hey, honey, say, how about that? Whoa. <laughs> Holy Ghost. You know, like, I don't know what would happen. But I'm sure that would be a horrible day. You ain't can communicate with your boo. Can we go out to eat tonight? So that is why it was called Babel, right? Babel, you uh, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. Check it out. God said, I still got to get my, redempt- my redemptive plan going. You know, he did this again, and we see this again. Where do we see this, guys? The retelling of this story, but in Christ and Acts, right? They didn't want to scatter. What does God do? He sends uh, persecution and made them get up out, right? So God's con- he's, he's, he's convinced. So he scatters them over the whole face of the earth. Continue, please. Things to think about. Just keep them rolling, please. Thanks, buddy. Uh, what are ways you try to bring God's kingdom in your life without the king? Right, these are things to think about. We can wrestle with in Mac group. If you're not um, a Mac ever, uh, take these things home. Um, are you a kingdom scatterer? Now, don't miss this. See, some of you guys think you're a scatterer because you like hanging around people. No, no. A kingdom scatterer scatters because of the kingdom. Okay? See, some of you guys scatter and you're always around people, but it's really about you. Some of you guys are even discipling, and it's about you. Right? God isn't, God, that doesn't impress God. He doesn't care that you're with people to satisfy your own self-aggrandizement, right? Because you got lonely needs and all this stuff. You've got to be around people all the time. He said, are you a kingdom scatterer? So don't get it twisted. You follow me? Just because it's not just being with people, it's being kingdom. Being really about their needs. What, what, how can God bless them? How can we see God's kingdom be expanded in times and places where I am. Right, family? Okay. Uh, where do you want your name? Where do you want you to make your name great? And what are ways you can make God's name great? Guys, I just think we just jot a few of those things down. I think we'll be in good places. Um, I think that's it, right? Okay. That's all I got. Here's what we're going to do, guys. Um, 
we're going we're gonna to have tithing offering, and we're going to have communion downstairs. We're having a brunch. If you have uh, grub, if you brought grub, awesome. If you did not bring food, it does not matter. We have a lot of food. We are asking you, please enjoy this time of fellowship. Just enjoy Jesus. This is a time of worship. We spend this time getting smarter and hopefully building toward worship here. But, guys, this is a time where we are saying, Lord, you are king, where we do all this to just enjoy Jesus together, to continue to equip ourselves with God's truth so we can battle the lies of Satan as we do our life. As my boy travels over different places, he can remember, okay, Lord, this is what the Lord is about. This is what all this is about, okay, family? So uh, we're going to do tithing offerings. If you are new here, keep your wallets to your side. Keep your purses to your side. We're not about trying to get your money. Uh, this is really about worship. If you're back out, you get that, please worship the Lord as you give um, because God has given us everything. If you are new but you understand that this is an wor- act of worship, we get stuff, like we give our money and our resources because God has given us everything. Um, and so we give to him and say, Lord, you are good. Please enjoy the time of worship uh, with your Lord um, right now. After this, I'm going to spend time in prayer. And we're, going to, we're going to sing a song. I'm going to spend time in prayer. Please sing out. Enjoy the Lord. Um, just think about the beauty that God has called us to make his name great. He's called us to, uh, to scatter and be his sent people of God. And we're going to talk about that towards the end as I pray. Then we're going to go downstairs. We're going to eat mad food. Um, so listen, joy. Let me pray for us.